Hey there, it's John. We have a lot of cool t-shirts and glassware at stealthisbeard.com slash merch, so please check that out. And thanks as always to the Patreons who help keep this show going. You can join those cool cats at patreon.com slash stealthisbeer. And if you're in the greater New Jersey area, come out to Carton Brewing in Atlantic Highlands on Sunday, October 3rd at one o'clock in the afternoon. Our friend Jeff Allworth is hanging out and he's going to be selling and signing copies of a new edition of the Beer Bible. And we're going to be there hanging out, drinking, and you should really join us. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. I am. All right. Hey, y'all. It's 5 o'clock on Monday, and we are stealing beers. I'm Augie Carton. I am Rauch Beer. Rauch Beer. Rauch Beer. Rauch beer. You are, you are John the, Hall. What's it called? I what, am. What I am. The I am. I don't know. Most pints deep at Beer Stat right now. And goddamn, I'm loving it. But here's the thing. You're nice to see, but I, I see you on Zoom or now and again. I don't get to see Chad Henderson nearly enough for how I like to see Chad Henderson, which is in Denver at a brewing event. Holding an award over his head. Well, when I first met him, though, he wasn't. He was bartending, essentially, for Sam Calagione, which is a story that he's told us a thousand times before. not on this show, and I'm fascinated by that. So were you at the old brew pub? No, this was actually at uh, the Raleigh World Beer Festival. And uh, I was, so I got into beer. I come from the medical industry. Okay. And, uh, and I graduated college, like, just being, like, obsessed with the idea of, like, I got a brew. This is what I would love to do, but I have no idea how I'm going to do it. Because at that time, like, you basically could go to Siebel, you could go to UC Davis, but right. I was a poor college kid who just, you know, graduated with a medical degree, and my parents were not going to swing that out. Um, so <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to get involved in everything I can possibly be in. Uh, it's just occurred to me. Uh, it's yeah. just occurred to me what you did, too. So you completely finished studying medicine and said, and now I'd like to open a small craft brewery in Carolina. Wow, that's a hey, kick mom, in the dick. Hey, mom and dad, I know, I know you're ready to retire on my good works. Guess what? I need you to work the tap rooms on Sundays. And now... Actually, when we opened up, they were doing dishes the whole time. We but yeah, so I got involved with a lot of events, and uh, the local Dogfish Head rep, rep knew that I was like, like a really big, huge fan of Dogfish Head for just kind of pushing envelope on styles and stuff. I've been homebrewing for a while and just trying dumb ideas, and I had a big, a, a huge amount of respect to still do to, for Sam Calgione, yeah. uh, and just how he runs the brand and, and his own personal brand and stuff, and they're like, hey, do you want to serve for us at, uh, at the World Beer Festival? And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So I'm the World Beer Festival, by the way, was owned by All About Beer Magazine. Okay. Back when All About Beer magazine was a thing before Chris Rice, the shithead, like turned it into. So yeah. what, what, what we should get out of the way here, just for fun, is I literally make a living out of poo-pooing beer awards, and I know you win tons of them, so we will talk about it. But I am, but I, I am the, I am famous for there's no art in an art contest, and every time these things come up, I'm like, whatever. I like going to them because I like talking to brewers about what they won for, but. Sure, sure. But so that that will come up when people listen at home because I think you might be the most award-winning person we've had on. But let's go back to that beginning. So, so you're you weren't doing anything in the beer industry other than volunteering. That kind, but that kind of yeah. I love this shit. So people knew you and right. knew to go to you. You know, part of the homebrew clubs. We had our uh, assistant organizer of the Charlotte Beer Club that we did events like multiple times a week. Pretty much, if I had free time, I was getting involved in something happening in beer, usually in the Charlotte area. But you know, I would obviously travel, go to GBF and all that sort of stuff. Worked with pints of prostates for like oh, yeah. rare beer and all that. Stuff. Yeah, that's that where was I got always to fun. Meet a lot of those icons and stuff. But actually, the the, the second t- so the second time I met San Calgione was at that festival and they asked me to come they're like like it's sam's first time down in raleigh we'd like to have someone who kind of knows their brand helping us pour and i was like let's go and he and he remembered me <laughs> he couldn't go. remember my name but i met him like nine months prior to in a sea of like a thousand beer nerds 
And he was like, oh, what, as what a middle-aged you? white guy with a beard. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and with a like, red beard. Yes. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, oh man, I remember you from, from that. I can't remember your that name. That's such I'm a like, good college and I'm, like, and I'm like, dude, it's fine. You don't remember. Right? I'm just shocked as crap you even remember me at and, all. So. And, and that's that is one of his amazing skills. Like, yeah, he's just, and I've got to do a lot of different events with him, like going forward, going from that point on. Uh, and he gifted me some bottles. I actually did a TEDx talk. And um, at that time, I was, besides Sam Calgione, I was the only other like beer representative to do a TED Talk. And I, when we opened oh, man. our brewery, I'm just going to step out now because Augie's going to talk about his in just. Well, a when second. I did mine, it was the same thing. The only beer TED I could search was him. Yeah, like I searched TED beer. There's Calgione. Yeah, and it's. So God, I really have now become cast, and I'm just going to sit here until <laughs> no, the end. We, we need you. And we you gotta, you. you gotta go to Patreon.com. You got to drink, drink that liter of uh, smoked beer I bought you. I want you guys to keep going, but yeah, Augie put down a liter of Rauk beer in front of me before we started. Because and you're the king of all Rauk. Good, good night, thieves. It's fucking tasty, though. I'm going to be in the last. But you're at World Beer Festival. Yeah. So let's World talk Festival about porn there. Uh, my big take from that was like I was telling, I was describing all the beers. He was the only guy who had like two booths side by side, and we, I, we, anyway, I was working a double shift, so it was a two-parter, and, uh, and I was working through it and stuff. And uh, my big takeaway from it at that point was uh, he like elbowed me, and he's like, he's like, I think you know more about my beer than half my employees. Do. <laughs> and I was like, if you want me to be part of the team, I can come yeah, up, I'll man. jump so, right on. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I love end, your impression though because it's a little bit Brando. It's a little bit sort of like like he's that. got like gravel in the back of his throat, where he's, you know, I'm just here to, to continuously put hops on an air hockey table. Yeah, but it's be, like be it's the, a little bit Springsteen where it's like the, the, the wind table. whipping down the it's boardwalk. A football table. And hey, oh, hey, Clarence, Clarence, so think about hey, man. You, think about what you're doing right now. Yeah. You know where I stand on, on Mr. Caligione, and you've heard his speech. Why would you throw shade at Caligione in the middle of all this, man? That's just it's dangerous ground. I'm, I'm pretty Are sure Sam's upstairs and going to so come down and try to I'm fight actually, me, and it makes so, for good radio. So the whole conceit and fun of this show is grabbing moments like this, right? Sure, yeah. So that's definitely something you and I connect on, because I was... You know, I'm, I'm a food fan, I'm a wine fan, I'm a beer fan. I always loved all that shit. And then Sam had that article in, in The New Yorker where they talked about the Palo Santo wood thing. And I knew I liked craft beer, and I was coming along with it. And all of a sudden, I was like, all right, this guy's doing the kind of shit I wish existed right. everywhere. Like the, like the crazy chefs were doing with, like, like, like you thought you knew food? Well, guess what? You know, like that sort of thing. But let me ask you this. Now that you've got a successful brewery trying to get through a pandemic and doing all that shit, in your head, when, so when you were that guy volunteering for that show, didn't you feel like there were millions of us that would show up and want to learn? And if you gave them the opportunity, and now that you're doing it, are you where are you having success finding that person to work with, you know, to join your team? And where are you having frustrations with it? Because it's so funny to me. I find, I find for different things, it's very seldom I'm like. Oh, this guy is going to be the people that shock me as the best in the tasting room are never the ones I'm like. Oh, that guy knows everything. So, what, what's where, where? Knowing who you were then and who you are now, where are you finding, or not finding, or finding interesting things about the people you're folding into your world now that you're the Sam Calagione of your world? It's really, it's really different than when I was, you know, obsessed on it. And I think a lot of it just comes down to like. A lot of craft beer fans think that being a, a brewer is the sexiest job on the planet, and I know it is not. And it's I never, beer journalism. Yeah, and it's, I, it's and being I never, a high school janitor without the keys. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but I had I had no so I had no uh, preconceived notion that it was going to be like a rock starry sort of thing. You I know there was smart. rock stars of the industry, but like so like so I chose that I wanted to be a brewer for, for this simple idea. So I have a lot of appreciation for the medical industry and all that sort of stuff, but. I didn't look at it as like a passion. I looked at what, the idea that I had of being a brewer is like the idea that I could get up in the morning with an artistic concept in my head of something to make, and then figure out the chemistry and the mechanics of can that thing actually be made, then put the sweat and the grime and the long hours into actually do it, and then be able to do this and talk and socialize yeah. about it. I was like, I get an artistic stimulus, I get a mental stimulus, a physical stimulus, and a social stimulus on every single thing wrapped around it. I was like, that's all I could ever want. And it's in a subject that I'm really fascinated in. So I never had this idea that it was going to be this like flowery, awesome thing. Like It was going to come with gallons of sweat and blood being spilled over it. But that's what I respected about a lot of the rock stars in the industry. It's like I saw them hustle. And I saw them have to put that face on in front of people time and time again and try to remember all these people. And I'm like, 
I, I commend all, like him, like all like all the, like Garrett Oliver, like those folks. Like the fact that they can recall so many freaking people, and right. then the whole gravel behind Sam's voice is probably because it says twenty times more words a day than, than he I does. Ever, ever He's Santa Claus. Had. Yeah, yeah. He's, so, but 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 I will say this, and it's like what has made, made me find those people that have that spark and whatnot are the people that you have to kind of give the chance to, and then you see like. Yeah, this one's crazy enough in a good way. Right. You know, like my, my lead brewer right now that, that, that's been with us for years, Eric, uh, literally started out, uh, I met him on a tour with his school, the, the Culinary Institute. I was doing a tour that we normally do. And he came up and he just wanted to do uh, a volunteer job with us. And I was like, we don't take volunteers on this because of insurance reasons and stuff. I'd love, I'd love to be able to have you, but I just don't do it. And he kept coming back. And then he was like, can I get part-time work? I'm like, I don't have anything right now. But then I'm like, hey, stop driving 40 minutes out of the way. Here's my email. And he emailed me every three days. Yeah. And like, let me know if you guys are And I was like, you can come wash kegs at night. And that's what you did, though, in the early days. Well, yeah, I was just, well, I was basically, let me do anything I can. And I just did it kind of under the table for a while. And then I met Todd and Susie, who were the founders of Noda. But Noda hadn't started then. But my name had kept coming around because I was just involved in so much stuff. And like, do you want to go and work harder than you ever have to make beer with us? And I was like, absolutely, let's go. You know, and so, so you know, I slept on the floor, you know, multiple times a night, dug wow. the trenches, and not, you know, we we swung, swung sledgehammers from the moment we could see what we were swinging at to when we couldn't anymore. And then we go, <laughs> and I'd go home and brew in my garage and do test batches and stuff. So like, seeing that in other people, like I saw that in Eric, and like he literally. Like his first batch of beer he ever brewed was a sixty barrel batch of hop drop and roll or or flagship. Yeah. Now how far does that go? How, sorry to sidetrack no, no, you. Yeah, so but hot, so our, that's our, super impressive because I don't think Noda Noda is as big as I think it is, but I think it's huge, and I think it's because of that beer. Yeah, that beer did does a huge amount of. PR you know what I mean? Course, and that's, yeah. So we still, as a last count, I don't keep like a running tab on it or anything. Like, but the, the, we're the only East Coast. You really brewery. don't. No, I don't. I mean, I, you look into it from time to time, and then okay. like, until someone says, you're wrong, and it's like, fair enough, I don't, I don't, I don't have time to look at this every morning. <laughs> I love but, when uh, people call fuck me Fuck you, wrong. it's .7. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, yeah. have we never met? I'm always wrong. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but so, it's, so we we are distributed in all of North Carolina and all of South Carolina as of now. The last couple of years, we've been we've gone from almost exclusively in Charlotte to now being in both North and South right. Carolina. But we're doing around 20-ish thousand barrels a year. And that's, and that's been from just this last year's push that we've done from expansion out. So probably going to grow a good bit from that point on. So I, I really do feel this is the most relative industry on the planet. But like doing great for someone can mean literally 150 barrels a yeah. year or it can be 2 million barrels a year. It's all retrospective on like what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And for us in, in our relative surrounding of, of others, we're doing pretty good. But Hop Drop did a huge amount of putting us on the map as being this random you know, three and a half year old brewery from Charlotte that won the largest category in the 2014 World Beer Cup. And to this day, I think we're still the only East Coast based one. I said that on a tour one time, like years ago, and this lady was like, No, you're not. And I was like, I was like, Okay, I'm sorry. What, who, who did? And she's like, Fatheads won gold before. I'm like, I don't think Ohio is on the East Coast. It's not what on is the East Coast? I was like, They're, oh, they're, they're amazing. Fatheads they're are Ohio. Great. They're, they're pretty great. But they're not on the East Coast. They so did like, try, okay. they tried to go into Portland, Oregon as well, if I'm Remembering yeah, correctly, they had, they had a spot in Portland, and then like it just didn't take off because they were essentially carpet baggers, and then the Von Ebert uh, people took over yeah. for them. I mean, I don't just know to be, just to be clear with this lady, if she's listening, yeah. being somebody who lives in New Jersey on the ocean, we don't even call Pennsylvania <laughs> the East Coast. No, and you have to drive through nine fucking hours of Pennsylvania to get to Ohio. Pennsylvania is a lot of land, to east to west. But yeah, but you know, I think we're getting that Rush Limbaugh audience right now. <laughs> I went back to Ohio. I'm just doing a little bit Chrissy Hines. I was going to say that's not Rush Limbaugh, buddy. No, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, but you're sidetracking a great role. It, I was. I really it. am. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's Classic not really home. said to be like a brag. It's more so like a like yeah. this is why it. I think made a big impact because people just weren't expecting it and stuff. And there's been a, there's a ton of Southeast awesome breweries that won a crap ton of awesome medals and stuff. We're just one that has won a couple ourselves and everything. But Hot Drop coming out when it did and, and hitting the hitting. I mean, we've had friends of ours that you know, friends of the taproom that literally gone to like South Africa with a Hot Drop and Roll shirt, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of that here." And I'm like, "I don't know how." I'm Isn't like, that been better marketing? It's better marketing than we could ever plan it to be. But it was, you know, it was, it was a beautiful nightmare when we won it. 
because now we had a shortage of contracted hops. We had to like regulate oh, how much we could do more than we either had to not brew <laughs> Next any more. Next time, call me. I have everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but well, they're all stale. It's <laughs> but right. here, but here's the, maybe they're not. I don't what know. What do you say? I said maybe they're stale though. Why wouldn't you get close to the mic to say that? Well, anyway, um, <laughs> can I no, ask they're, though they're when fresh. when you have a a beer that hits in the way that hop drop and roll did. Is there a pressure that comes with maintaining that perception of it? So somebody now oh, in 2021 comes through and say, well, sure, you were big five years ago. Impress me now. Yeah, no, it absolutely You get stuck between a rock and a hard place because you always want to innovate. And the industry innovates whether you like it or not. Right. You know, stuff grows and changes. But also you have the idea of like this beer made its made its mark as it stands, not as what you want to change and evolve yeah. it to be, you know? So you really have that hard uh, press, you know, thing of like, you just have to stay lucky enough <laughs> to uh, to make sure that it stands the test of time. You know, and, and, and also when I look at it, I'm blessed as crap that that beer is essentially our flagship beer. And we have several year-rounders that sell grapefruits, but that is our king of, the, of our sales. But, you know, we could be making a generic lager. Or a generic alt or some or a generic culture or something like that. That was like that's a crowd pleaser beer as our flagship. We get to do like hundreds of pounds of hops, <laughs> like going yeah. through this yeah. four thousand two hundred pound grain bill, you know, and like you, and bust or butts. But it's like this is like when you're a home brewer. But you know that's, that's a double edged so sword. Yes. Like, oh, I know. And oh, it's, where, it's aging me so Christ. badly. It's Why ridiculous. is the beer I have to make the one with five and a half pounds per barrel? Yeah. I, like so, even even when I scale up our double IPA to ninety, <laughs> yeah, I lose eight. You know, I lose eight barrels to, to hop. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, so so let's talk about so let's talk about right there where that is, and I get that. And I've been through the torture of you know we have that one, and everybody who's ever looked at our business for all the things I do fucking wrong is like, well, you just need to make more of this beer, and I'm like, but that would kill me. I make as much of that beer as I can, and I try to keep up with it. But if I just make one beer, I'm gonna lose my mind. But you've done a very good job around everything we've just said about hop drop. Sticking your, you know, keeping your fingers in some sour shit, some yeah. this shit, some that shit. I was shit. just talking so, about that. Like, one of my goals is I want people, when they come to the tap room, I want to have multiple things for just about every palette you can think of. But how are you balancing that with, you know what I mean? Like, like how often are you not making a beer you should make like Hop Drop just so you've made something else? Verse, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. Well, we are we are blessed too that we just recently finished expanding our our cellar out. Uh, so we run on a four vessel sixty system. We could easily brew. We could easily brew uh, uh, a hex. What are you turn. here to buy? <laughs> well, uh, well, we just bought a five barrel pilot system that we're pulling in now too. So, so your your pilot is now carton sized. Anyway, go on. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, we got to play on something. But uh, yeah. but uh, the. Um, <laughs> The, Come to Jersey. Yeah. The six, Come up to Jersey. Oh, I love it. The sixteen system, though, like we could easily run six, maybe seven batches, depending on the beer, in a twenty-four hour swing. Holy on shit! That. We are we have just filled out our cellar now to have. We went from about twelve hundred and fifty barrels of fermentation capacity to like twenty-seven hundred. Okay. So we are right now like a busy day for us is a triple batch with maybe a starter in there. So, but so now you're at that size. I think I don't know because I'm still around six, seven thousand. But now you're at that size where if you overcommit to hop drop in those tanks, you will tail yeah. off at some point. Right? Yeah, like you, also, you need to. You, am I wrong? Like, well, you the balance that I have, the problem I have with it is like the hop drop will get these big pushes, right? And it's like, oh, it's so really crazy. We got to keep brewing. We got to keep brewing some more. And I'm like, make sure because I can do a couple of 240 fills in a couple of weeks, and they better not sit there for a month after right. they're done. That's what kill like that kills quality on it. And that's the thing that that was the hardest part when we won was everyone and their mother wanted it and half those people didn't even understand how age affects a hobby beer. Right. Like I've gotten death threats saying I need to be drug out and shot in public because someone got sent a six month old hop drop. No, come on. And they're like and they're like, they don't know what they're doing, but I'm, I'm like, dude, it's a six month old beer. I don't care if you even kept it cold yeah. the whole time. What do you you're not gonna get a world World, uh, you know, Get on the mic. I don't want people to miss so, this because you're right, no, yeah, and I want them to been, hear you say it. It's been one of the hardest <laughs> things to, to try to get people to understand, like, look at the dates. 
They're there for a freaking reason. We don't do it just for back recall stuff. We're doing it so that you know you're buying a beer that's been on the shelf for no more than X amount of time. Now, if you want to grab our porter at seven months old, it's probably going to be good as crap. Yeah. But the majority of the things that people go after, they're hot driven and stuff, they die out super fast. So if you're grabbing something uh, super, uh, su- you know, su- <laughs> What's my name? Skip? Your guy, your guy just totally <laughs> dropped off a helmet. Hey, Cass is here! Fucking Cass! Alright, what's broken? So this, this guy is the guy who's supposed to make us sound good. And he missed all of the last show. Put that shit on hold. I'm to repeat all of this. No, no, you'll be fine. They just sound like shit, but they're very used to sounding like shit. We're just a bunch of raspy drunks in the bed. But so, Jesus, man, you're saying all these things I want to key in on, and I keep. So, so. Well, sorry, Cass sidetracked me too. But let's let's Yo. get back in. Hey, what's up, Cass? You sound pretty. Yeah. You make that mic sound a lot better than Hall does. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, so so let's talk. So here's the thing that's kind of irking me that I didn't see coming. Where so Jersey's a fucked up system. There's only eight thousand liquor licenses for eight million people. You know, it's just all fucked up. But when COVID happened, a lot of the little tiny breweries that meant to open as three barrels beer bar service shit got fucked. They called up Cass, brought in mobile canners, canned shit up, and put it out there. But they didn't date them because they didn't know and they didn't care and they were just trying to stay alive. And I get all right. that. But we're dealing with a very kind of immature retail space right. where we've got shops that shouldn't have bought the beer right. that thought because they were Instagram popular they'd sell right. that are still on the shelves yep. a year later. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, like, I think it's, I think it's worse in New Jersey than anywhere else because we have guys will be like, when it sells, it sells, and we'll buy something else. Right. You know what I mean? That's but. Right. But not realizing it's never going to sell. Yeah. Because now the people that would know know it's a year old. And the people who don't know never knew. Right. But so that's kind of the the weird side effect of COVID I didn't expect is like, how do we help the little guys maintain their thing, but also encourage them to, to, like you were saying, like we don't do it to buy back, but guys like us will and have to buy back because we can't have old shit on shelves. Yeah. This is bad for everybody. Exactly. But where's the where's the encouragement? Are, 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 one, are you seeing what I'm talking about? No, and two, I, and, and, and I, and can honestly, you help I, me think of a path? Where I can we help? see how COVID really ha- has affected it a lot. But uh, like honestly, it was a concern of ours since pretty much day one. Once we started packaging stuff, it was an immediate problem. I will tell you, honest to God, probably 95 percent of our QA QC complaints, because I'm also head of QA uh, with, with that stuff, Dude. Uh, is uh, is literally old hop driven beer. And bought on a warm shelf. And we we log, we torture test our beers and incubators. Yeah. We log our six months worth of at least one or two cans from every run we do on it. So when someone calls them and like, hey, and honestly, like it's been nice because the last six months to maybe a year, people have become way more percentage of people who are like, hey, I'm con- I'm a concerned shopper. I love your brand. This one was not tasting right. Can you look into it? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, you guys suck. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong? I, I hate you. So don't you know? And you trust and like, them when that comes through. Absolutely. No, and I appreciate that. But I there's also words you learn. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. not wrong. Like Because yeah. I still handle, I don't handle our QAQC because hubris. But <laughs> um, but I would, yeah. everything, to, like I literally went out, found a, one of my double IPAs that I gave somebody two years ago that was kept in a fridge on a mountain for two years and drank it with delight because it had aged so well totally knowing that I would never sell this to a person it was a barley wine right but but for me I was like oh my god those conditions (laughs) are so rarely met but you know what I mean so so, so I think the biggest thing is to drive uh customer education on it okay because i think that one of the big things with the rise of the hazy and i, I and like i'm i'm obsessed with the hazy science like i i spent all my seminars say in hop uh have you brewed with jc do you hang out with jc jc from uh tetra uh, uh i think you're gonna like it we'll make okay. sure you meet him yeah absolutely he's you. that guy who like just can't stop trying to figure out how to make that well, beer better. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, so the science is coming out so recently on biotransformation and actually discovering, like, oils that people, and substrates and esters and things like that that are actually 
really important in flavor and aroma that are so much more than just the myrcene, paraphylene, bohemolone, right. all that sort of stuff. And so much more than an alpha or a beta acid. Like them finally understanding that, like, it's literally what drives me to like, like, get up and try something else. You know what I mean? I, the, the guys are so much smarter than me out there that are given this data. I'm like, you guys are freaking saints. The fact that you're putting this out there is nuts. But uh, like, so, but on that same, and they'll the, do it for free. Oh yeah, exactly. And I, I just keep. Like, I love these stuff. papers that show up. I'm like, wow, dude. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> wonderful, and it's so fun to play with because you can get more efficient beers off of them. But uh, but uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. You um, were going. You were going with why you like the oh, hot no, no, hazies, no, no, but yeah, why you yes, don't want yeah. to throw them on so, shelves. No, this is what it was. It's like the education part of it, right? So I don't. It's not a sexy thing to talk about. Like now, as your IPA gets older, the hops start fading, guys. Like, <laughs> you want to make sure to keep it cold or buy it cold. Yeah? Like that's like it's like okay, Dad, I get it. But like, but for a new <laughs> beer drinker, when the haze craze started coming up, look how juicy this is. It's very easy to quantify and understand, right? It's a I, like it's my least favorite term for a style ever because it sounds like a second grader made it up. But like, like the juicy <laughs> they did, thing, but it did. Yeah, yeah. 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 they did. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's easy for someone to be like, "Hey guys, let me take you to this brewery. We got some sick, juicy, hazy IPAs on." And they very well might, but it's easy for someone who really doesn't know what they're talking about to be like, "Look how hazy this is." I can now quantify that that equals good and crazy in this new thing. And I like again, I love those styles and stuff like that. But I feel I feel like that was a really easy educational thing to loop new drinkers into, right? Right. Getting people to understand how certain styles and the conditions that they're stored and the duration in which they're stored in that gets starts getting technical and it, it's harder for that to stick. But I think that people need to learn, like, look at your best by dates, look at your board on dates, you know what it is, buy it cold as often as possible. Understand that certain styles are more susceptible to it. Very, very, very little percentage of beer sold gets better with age. Now, do you use Best Buy or Born On? We do Born On. The reason so why is because I can Here's my problem. Here's my, here's my issue. Because I like Best Buy. So what we do is we actually stand up at Journey Began. Right. Like, that's my always my like thought. Because I do like... This is when we put it out. And I believe you should hold one can of your hazy for two years just oh, yeah, to just fucking see. What see. Just to see what but happens. that's as an interested guy. But... But to what you're saying, when you said earlier, like my porter is nine months, like some points, because the education is so weak, because there's all this bullshit from the old way of Julian coding all that. But I'd love to be able to say, look, I think you should hold on to one bottle of everything I've ever bottled for five years, because I put it in there hoping it'd get interesting for five years. Right. That's why I chose a bottle. But a porter, I'd love to put a year date on. Right. But if I put a board on date. They kind of think like you're saying, right. like, oh, it's more than six weeks old. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, and it, they can get more charming. So I, it's yeah, and it's, I think a, it's, it's a torture it's, all of us. It's have. not a, it's not a perfect answer to any of it. And right, that, and that, that's what we get for having to brew so many different styles. You know? One of my favorite things we do at the brewery, going back to like diversity stuff, is I, I can't call it a lambic, but my essentially my pseudo lambic. Nor should series. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Method <laughs> traditional. Yeah. Uh, they're like, they're like, they did not spontaneously. Let's just call it a Jester King beer yeah. and see yeah, if that right. pisses them off. I was, I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's like what I'm talking. Oh, you mean the people? stuffing special? Yeah, yeah. that's what we call yeah. stuffing's lambic. Stuffing's extra, extra stuffing special. I always have been referring it to the to the L word because uh, I was like I was like I'm not going to say Belgian inspired barrel fermented sour ale every fucking time I reference. Oh, it. sorry, yeah. I fell so asleep. It's, it's yeah, ridiculous. So, but um, but yeah, so I did a series with that. I still have more to come out. That I mean, I don't know when they'll go back. You know, yeah. I don't know when they're even going to turn. They'll probably only get better, to be honest with you. But the thing is, is, like, that's such a small portion of what actually sells for us. And I do say, like, we always constantly bring up Hop Drop. I'm also lucky that Hop Drop, even though it's our number one seller, it's only about 30 to 45% of our sales. Good so for you. Have a really good spread. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Water, yeah. But that's what, that's what I was trying to ask my question. You, I, really thought, I thought it would be much higher. Yeah, than no, that. for a lot of people that have a defined flagship, it's, it's like that. But with Hop Drop, it's in the 30s for us. And what else is kind of crazy and cool is, uh, so, like, our... West Coast is our number one, but our hazy radio hazes are number two. And then we have our, our pale ales, like a tight third. Our fourth best selling beer is a gorgeous, our pumpkin beer. Of, of the entire year, it's only available for two months. And so as much crap as people like, like oh, pumpkin beer, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, do you know how stupid for a business decision it would be if we didn't lean <laughs> into that? Our beer sells like wildfire for us. So, and it's one of our most award-winning beers. I know awards really don't mean. I mean, I'd much rather it be. All right, so our here, here it is. Beer. You, you, you've pulled, no, you've I, pulled I pre, the string. I predid, I predid it to avoid that. I predid it to avoid that because I don't. I, 
I understand. Here's my problem. Just one. I know the people that review those beers. Yep. And not not, not for not for awards. You know who the certi- certified beer judges are, though. And my problem is, which I'm not one of, so motherfucker, just get, keep I, looking when, straight at. When I empathetically, like only I can, John, get in that headspace. I um, I just I always see lean it in, as lean as into the mic. People afraid to be wrong about what they're tasting, and I just find it. Like I, I get you. You either blew it so far out it stood out in a crowd, or did it so middle. That it didn't that it didn't set out a okay. right. and I kind of I get it. I also know how I taste. You know how you taste. Come on, right. you're on QAQC guy. Right. You know what I'm saying. When, sure. a, when a person's trying to taste right. and do it not day after day after day, but all in an afternoon, you know where their head is. So I always worry about the you know the bell curve that happens. There. Sure, that's yeah, all I'm saying. But I also understand that a lot of drinkers drink on a bell curve. And therefore, it absolutely makes sense that they would want to lean into that. Like that's that's the feedback they want. So I don't. I, we don't need to go into that. But what? Anyway. So my next question here, I'm gonna go back one because sure, I was yeah. much We're more. We're bouncing around a lot, anyway. So fucking it's John. Anyway, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Anyway, but so I wanted to get back to the the fuckery and the you know mycerines and alphas and all that shit we're going to be talking about for the next three days. Have you fucked around with Phantasm yet? Do you want to? What do you think on it? And here's I want why to. I, I want to introduce it because I'm not stealing your brain. John's always like, oh, he's always looking for recipes. But I've talked to a couple people that have fucked around with it. No, they all seem are. to think it wants a cold ferment. Right. It wants to go in at Whirlpool. It wants a cold ferment. And it wants, you know, those high feel like Chinook shit to build it up. Right. And most guys have said I had to triple down. So where I'm at is a pretty straightforward, like, 8% golden ale with a cold yeast, cold fermented. Make it clear. Let Phantasm be the star on what's going on. But it's, like, the first thing to come around in four years in that flavor part of the world. Like, there's all this fuckery these days, and I'm interested in what's exciting you these days. That's where I'm going. But it's the first thing that's, like, oh, a version of those things you loved 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it with me. Citra, Chinook, you know <laughs> But, you know, so, so it's a version of those to play with that I don't think works in a hazy, right? Because right. part of hazies yeah. is propping up where those hops lack. Exactly. So that that's where I'm at. So have you fucked around with it yet? Have you had any thoughts on it? And if not, what like that is, is your head on? Where you're like, oh, this I is have, the new shit. I have not played with Phantasm. I've had one beer with it uh, that I thought was fine. But also I was like, it seems a lot to do with not a lot of payoff in was the only yeah, and it's expensive yeah, as shit. I'm and real mad at what I paid IPA, for. It. I think that I had for it too. So they may have not handled it real the, the best way. And it was a gifted beer uh, from some really nice folks that came down for, for a charity event. But uh, but it's it's one of those things where it's like I want to see it. I want to have more of them before right. I can make a good call on it. The, the stuff that I don't have a lot of things I can pull from that's driving me crazy is honestly the, it's the, it's the isolation of pop wheels. And substrates um, and esters and things like but that. But that's kind of what walked me into it. Theol is such a bitch to track. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like so can you get a Theol reading that's different on any hop, even if it's a high Theol hop? It's always within like one microgram. No, it's super small. Actually, they, 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 they actually were talking today about how the human nose is way better at the detector than any piece of instrument. Than anything we've done in the world. And, I mean, and when you look at the, the, the bar graph that they show, like the survivable oil compounds, um, and the dark blue part of it is the, the 3MH, 3-Mercaptin-Hexalin, uh, which is polyvarsal thiol. Uh, it, it, they're like, by the way, this is in a different unit. Because if we did it in the same unit as all the other compounds, you wouldn't be able to see it. It wouldn't bl- exactly. It disappear. So, But the thing that, that makes me excited is that they're starting to be able to trace the stuff. So they're able to isolate things. So, we, so we're, get, we're getting ready to celebrate our 10-year anniversary in October. And I'm doing an uh, uh, Imperial IPA or double IPA that's going to be in fermentation dry hopped with their Cryopop mango featured. Uh, I don't know it. So what cryo is pop, it? So Cryopop is a, cryo, is a blend of hops done through the cryo process at YCH that is designed to specifically pick out the quantifiable oil complexes they, they can find to make it taste like a theme, right? Okay. And this new theme that they're coming out with is So it's like, it's like the next generation Falconer's Flight. 
Uh, like they've yes, got yeah, but they're using the cryo cryo right. and doing it for, for isolating specific. Get on the mic, people. Are, yeah, so this is what they want to hear. You saw John just yeah. checked right out because <laughs> he talked about the L's, right. but the guys at home yeah, really yeah. want to hear us talk so, about so this. So being able to actually like get take a certain hop, and I don't know how they do it verbatim, but like to be able to take a certain hop and specifically isolate the two non-aom from it, and then just isolate Duraniol from another one and Linolol from another one and uh, 3MH from another. And, uh, and, and, and are they giving you stats on yeah, this? Yeah, they're give, they'll give you stats on No, wait, on, on your beer, are you going to plug you, I, you said, and I'm sorry to react, but I missed it. You talked about, like, at about three or four Play-Doh, or are you going finish? Like, I'm, where I'm, are you plugging no, I, it I, in? I, I'm throwing it in uh, when High Krausen hits. Okay. Because, again, the part of this whole high survivable thing is that they, they last through the brewing process really well. So that's so they they had the cryo hop original blend, which is basically them trying to make the super hop, and they're actually very humble about it. Like we thought that we could make the perfect hop, but it turns out if you just try to take the most of every single oil compound or substrate, you just end up kind of with this mud. Like it's 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 really good, but it's not necessarily like a perfect hop. It's just everything kind of competes. So now they have like uh, they have one that they're testing out. I think that's a grapefruit or a berry like centric one, and it's a, it is designed to like be like a grapefruit. Like you and I, yeah. like I wonder yeah. if there's right. a but, better. But, way here, but here's the question though: when you guys are walking the floor and you have all of these, we're here. At the I wish you were listening because that was the most fucking interesting thing I've ever heard on it this was. show, and you just ran right into it. What do you guys want out of hops going forward? That's a, I, that's a that's a shotgun question. Like yeah, it's sure, a, it's but, a but, lot. But, all right, so, so I'll answer first because I'll be short. All I want is something that makes me think something new. It used to be like I'd come in and they'd give me hops, right. and someone was like, "Oh, that smells like an English porter," and I'd go home and make an English porter with it. And for the last like eight years, it's been, "Oh, that smells more like mango than that." Right. right. So that's what I'm hoping for. But now okay. you go. So it's a convoluted sort of thing. One, I want to be able to feel like I can account for more stuff in the hot profile of the beer, which is why I like this cryopop stuff so much. Uh, and that, so the thing that, to go back, but I'll still keep going forward, the, uh, the thing that they're coming forward with now that's in the testing runs of getting out to people is that we got a little bit of it to play for this uh, anniversary beer that's going to be called Decadence. Because um, decade, get it? Uh, ha ha! Decadence. Uh, yeah. You're oh, jealous. And, Decadence. Uh, I had uh, it. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and it's a mango-centric flavor profile that they're trying to create with those oil profiles. And the thing that has always made me excited about hazies is being able to biotransform existing compounds into other things that are literally like the chemical basis of flavors we know. Right. And to be able to like be like, yes, if you take enough adrenal and it biotransforms like beta citrulline, it literally is. Similar to, if not the exact same, like root compound of a grapefruit. You know? Now, do you do, like, do you know this thing? It's a very weird thing, and it's a wine geek thing. And I'm sorry, everybody hates when I talk about wine. Nope. But there was does. this toy called Linné de Vin. Do you know it? The what? Linné de Vin. It's a French for the nose of wine. Okay. What they did was take all of the isolates you're talking about and put them in vials. Right. With a matching card and a number on it. Right. So blind, you would smell just that phenol or that right. whatever, and then they'd be like the descriptor, how it plays, and where it goes, like what wines you'll find it more in and whatnot. It was all a way to teach your nose how to smell shit. But like you're saying, that's how I learned to smell daffodil in white wine. But when we're doing this shit, I'm like, I need to find out what that chain of oils is because that's the thing I'm. That's you happened wanna, in you this beer. You want you That's what's happened in this beer. And how do I make it happen? For that? It is, it's when you're when you're a head brewer and you're head of QA, QC, and stuff like that. Not being able to answer a why, why do I get this little tiny tinge of this, drives me freaking nuts, man. I absolutely hate it. You know, so like, so I want to be able to understand stuff further. But the other side of the coin of what I want to find. In a, in a hot product is something that's going to give me a better yield. Right. Uh, like the, the yields are the fucking amazing. Like that's on good. a business side, that excites me because like it, it's one of those things. Like I want to make the best beer I can possibly make all the time, and have the quality as high as it possibly can be. But the idea of being able to not only do that, but then also make it a sustainable and efficient process, that makes me feel good on both a creative and on a professional side. You know? Because yeah. like if I can make more of something I love, I'm all game for. I'm going to sidetrack you again. As a QAQC guy, talking about exactly what we just had. And what's funny is there's, you know, often, like when John interviews me for one of his other 19 podcasts, I talk about the magic, right? If, you, if you're really sticking yourself to the four ingredients, even as far as hazy goes. It's smoked malt. 
and you're <laughs> and you're going for. I think if I combine these things this way, this will happen. And then there are those happy accidents you and I are talking about. Which, which is more of your brain space? Ones you like or ones you don't like? Like this happened. How do I make it happen again? What did I do here that I can do, that I need to do again? Or uh, I didn't want this to be this way. Where could I have chipped that out? You know what I mean? I, which I one is more of your brain space? I think my brain space is more around uh, learning from the mistakes. Yeah, yeah, because you learn so much more, in my opinion, in my personal headspace. From like that wasn't the right thing to do. We need to change this this way. And then that that one thing that. But I'm talking more. I'm talking more about ones where you're like, you're doing one thing, and most of that happens, and then there's this errant outlier, right? Good or bad, right? And you got to figure out what you did. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm more I, focused on how do I make the good happen again? Yeah, I mean... You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm like, that's fucking amazing. Think, what I, did we do? And everybody's I like, really don't think that it's... I prefer one or the other because I okay. feel they're, they're both equally frustrating. One frustrates me in a panicked way. One frustrates <laughs> me because I'm like, wait, wait, yeah. what? Give wait, me more notes on this. What was going on with what? this one right now? You know? Which hot, yeah. which... Give me all the numbers on that box of hops. All the numbers on that box of hops. Tell me the exact fermentation average and its variations. Right. What happened? Exactly. Yeah, and so then, it's frustrating and there's nothing. Levels. I would much rather have the good thing happen and us try to get there. I would much rather that be the case. But I feel I honestly, like, I'm more driven to find out how to stop something from happening. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's like, come on. We, we are risk managers right. in every way. That's our job, right? Sure. Like, oh, well, you know, this is a great idea, but check these 12 markers day one. Check these 12 day two because... Because let's face it, we're dumping an infection into a beer and hoping it won't affect it. Right, exactly. Anyway, god damn it. John Hall, you got quiet when Cass got here. Were you just hoping to drink with Cass all week? I was. Do you have any questions <laughs> before because you know you know we're through. We're I know, I know we're not at, that we we're have to end, point. but we're officially. No, you gotta go tower. see Jimmy Buffett at Red Rocks. So last night drunk at that bar. Yeah. Do you know Sam Cruz from Against the Grains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so we're drinking at the bar, me, my brewer, my head of sales. I'm sorry, my head of retail. And then Sam, his two guys. And we're just 20 beers in. Sam goes, somebody buy some tickets to Jimmy Buffett tomorrow night because I've always wanted to see a concert at Red Rocks. And I was just saucy enough to be like, and we will do that with you. Yes. So, so we all lifted tickets together, and we're all going to go sit at Red Rocks in Cheeseburger in Paradise. Yeah. And we're vanning. As you do. And I'm going to bring a couple growlers from here with us. Is this guy on the stage no, next? So is this guy, so this guy in his pajamas right now, is gonna spin on the ones and twos after we're done. So he's ready for the EDM, which is all really Beerstadt was built for. And uh, Beerstadt is not acoustically correct, if right. you haven't noticed. <laughs> well, we can talk to him about it. Um, but seriously, uh, Chet, I guess the the last thing that I actually wanted to talk to you about By was the way, there's guys that asked us when we first started this and she first came out and I said, what's your favorite hop right now? Yeah. That have waited 600 shows for that conversation <laughs> to happen. Sure. All right. You want to say it? My favorite hop right yeah. now uh, that I could easily get, I would actually probably say Mosaic. Really? I just See, really I've come like back around on Citra. Oh, I love Citra. But I tried to not love it. it Here's the thing. I love that I brought the two of you together so that you could just look lovingly into each other's eyes. (laughs) I haven't looked at you. I haven't looked at you in 40 minutes. No, you haven't. I'm laser focused, and I'm never laser focused. No, this is is lovely. My my sleeper hop, though, that no one gives any love to that I think is super versatile is Centennial. Brewer's Gold. Centennial. No. Centennial is in all of my flagship Yeah, All of our hoppy beers uses it. One of our hoppy beers don't, but it's based on 3MH availability. And what's funny is, has a lot of. What's funny is, and this will be our last conversation because I'm hoping it blows you up and you really get excited. But my neighbor and one of the other more important, you know, long-standing Jersey breweries is Mike Kane, and his his flagship, his flagship is Chinook Heavy. Yes, I love Chinook. I love Chinook too, but because he's Chinook Heavy and I'm Centennial Galaxy, I, I. stay away from Chinook often to give him that dance space. <laughs> and we've always done that. But this Theol beer has to have Chinook in it. So now I'm back to Chinook, like one of my classic favorites from yes. homebrewing. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to be back. But anyway, so is there any of that in your relationship? Because you guys down there are so much 
Trader, right? Because yeah. you, you guys there. in the Carolinas are packed. Yeah, well, it, it, with some like fucking islands. very important guys around you. I think we'd have a, a really uh, almost underappreciated talent pool of like insanely good brewers. Yeah, so a lot of them are in this room tonight, and, and it's like we have you know you can Drinking go fucking leaders of smoke. I, I know, right? I love it. I love it's it. so good. I, and also, by the way, Chad, are you in that group? Are you I, in the this weekend round beer group? I am. Yep. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I love a good round beer. Uh, but look at that edge. Uh, it's so good. Ninja. Bill I is is standing right There's there. Bill. The man, Watching us drink the man who made this beer, Ashley Carter, is standing right over there. And I just fucking love it. And this the only reason they agreed sweet. to let us record here as a, it was as long as they don't have to come on the show. They shouted out your bullshit. They on sure their did. can. I know. Anyway, with Chris you Johnson. Finish your I question. To, Shut I up. To say, it was not a question. But I have to say, I know we did a lot of hot conversations and some of that, but the uh, the other like genre of stuff that literally just makes me go crazy brewing is some traditionalized lagers. Like we won our first medal uh, last year at GABF with the very first time I ever had brewed a Maybach before, and that beer like I cannot drink enough of it. Like our Oktoberfest, our we have a year-round like. Hella pseudo Americana blend or whatever, but like the lager love is high with us. It's just could could you do what Beerstadt has done here where you are? I don't think so. Uh, uh, but most, I mean, I don't know. It would be in a different location. I feel like a lot of this awesome space has to play along. With Augie it. doesn't like the premise of my question. Well, what I do, what I don't like is forgetting that this is Denver, yeah. and this place makes perfect sense in a place where craft beer been around for a long people come to semi-annually sure right like, like no, we I travel together a lot even when Cass makes it Cass is and, and, your and mic is like, hot like we said like we said a million times every time we're here when this group of people is in a place this is what they want to drink right. we don't need 80 taps yeah, yeah. we need 5 taps of Pilsner and this is you and I'll drink this all night and yeah, fucking talk about right. other hobby beers you and I should make but because Denver brings people to Beerstadt, and all of us are so happy to see this business doing well, we're there advertising. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we but all, this every could be a brewer that comes home. Yeah, you also have to understand too, in Charlotte, that, so we're the second oldest brewery in Charlotte, and our good friends at Old Bank are the oldest ones, and they do exclusively German beers. So doing what they did here would look like a complete ripoff of exactly what. Yeah, Old if you, Bank if you is jumped in, like, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm out of good ideas. Let me take the only yeah, idea exactly. that existed before right. me. But here's John Hall. Good idea. But here's a sort of a thing. Yeah. And make a special event. Well, that's what my boy, my boy Jesse, like my first brewer, has a brewery in Brooklyn. And a great one, and he does a great job. But that's how he brings people together. He just collects 25 Pilsner Brewers he likes, does a Pils Fest in Brooklyn. And everybody shows up enthusiastically, and it turns into a week of cobras. You know what I mean? All right, I know we have to go, but I, I do want to ask you about this though, because in Charlotte there was a brewery that is no longer a brewery that is still a beverage maker. Seltzer. Talking about unknown. Okay, yeah. What's unknown? I don't know what you're. Well, it was, was a brewery. They did, they dabbled in a lot of different stuff. Uh, they uh, they did they had their beer line. They had a ginger ale non-alcoholic line. They had a distillery as well, and they had a food truck. They recently said like we're just going to dedicate to the ginger ale line. Boozy ginger ale? No, uh, non-alcoholic. Just ginger. Yes. So now another brewery's going to take over uh, their spot. And, and I'm and I'm not asking you to speak for them, but no. in your town, in your city, does that make sense? I think it makes sense. Uh, and, and I, I think that's a personal call for Brad Sheldon. Yeah. He, I mean, he's the one that sees the numbers. You know, and also when he started there too, he was one of the few Charlotte breweries that went with statewide distribution like right off the bat. You know, so you know how how you got to draw a line at whatever like is right for your business and stuff like that. So that's far for me to call it. Or if he feels that's the right call for it, I trust that he's gonna make the best decision for it for him and his people. You know. Well, so, and, and let's face it, like even I love to cook up the idea of non-alcoholic beers. I'm gonna get to someday. Like. There's a certain point where when your job is drinking, going back all the way back to where you and I have. So it's funny. My 10th anniversary is August. So we we pair off almost exactly. But now you, guys, you, got, you guys are twins. It's well, one of us is far better here. looking. Why is he only in my left ear? It does, it, it's the mic. Listen, none of this matters. And he's only in my right. We are twins. Hey, this, really is, our first, this is our first <laughs> live episode back. Our well, listeners will understand. That's not true. It's, second. I mean, it's, it's, it's our second it, one back. One but anyway, um, all right. So I did ask Kennedy. But really what I was going to say is, when, when you look at those guys, those of us who have done this, 
And, you know, it used to be when I was a fan and an enthusiast of guys like Caligione, and he'd break shred in some way. You'd be like, come on, you've got 20 good beers it's still in you. And now that, you've done, now that I've done it for 10 years, I'm like, oh, yeah, I would like to make a couple gins. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> really, yeah, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. That, there's I, all I, these I, other flavors I'm not making. I really just, I, I honestly feel like you've got to get up. When you're in this industry, I don't, the toll that it takes, you've got to get, get up in the morning feeling inspired to do it. Right. I don't know if, the, if, that, if you hit a, a speed bump at five years in, one year in, 25 years in, whatever, I still get up excited to brew what we brew, and I like to entertain other options of such a diversifier of menus and stuff. I have no problem with that, but honestly, like, getting on stand brew and hop drop, radio haze, or something I, I, that's, a, you know, a beer I've never even done before, I'm just as happy to get up, no matter what time I'm going to go do that. So it's like, it's one of those things, I can totally see why someone would want to, like, well, it's what, just it's, hang it up on some on some Right, but for whatever, me, you know? for me, it's when I have an idea that doesn't work as a beer. Right, right. right? Exactly. But and, what and, I love and, is... But that's, again, that's, a, it's, you're, it's, you're a person that takes their inspiration and wants to make something with it. So, you know? so John, get ready. This is me ending the show, because we were supposed to end minutes ago, but one of my all-time favorite quotes is Kimmick is in a room, like it's at a community college with 50 home brewers, and he's being super cool, super candid, super whatever. And you know one of like the first members of Beer Advocate is douching his ass off. When he's like, this is back in the purely heady days. And he's like, and they, the home brewer's like, don't you ever get sick of making me the same every day? And Kimmick goes, you ever get sick of fucking? Yes. That's <laughs> like, yes. fucking John Kimmick is, is the man, right? the best I can tell right. right. we don't have a letter stop talking we don't have a letter Cass I thought you were bringing the letters I didn't bring a fucking Cass letter. is wicked I, on I orange sent, bread I sent hours, a note I late. sent a note to Justin and have I said hey got a letter I saw it I can tell and you Kennedy responded with sorry he's wait. with his child and then he said boring episode Go fuck yourself. This I, is a good episode. I, that's what I'm saying. So We've had boring episodes Oops, we recently. Have. We have. And why, this is not one of need a letter for a boring episode, Justin? No, we love episodes. So, I'd like to get so some So Brian Cass is here. Uh, tell us what we need to know. Yes. <laughs> Write us a letter at stealthespearpodcast at gmail.com because we need it. We need letters. Follow us on all social medias at Steal This Beer. See what we're drinking on Untapped. I have no idea what you guys drank for the last three hours. We've but been fucking we'll drinking out. anything. No, this is, there's, this is there's it. There's there's no black glasses here. But Thanks. hold on, I'm gonna interrupt here. So if you guys want to hear what Chad thinks about what you think, you need to write us those letters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, write yeah. us the letters, and we'll have Chad back. Yep. We're gonna Chad, go down to, to North Carolina. Oh, we're going to North Carolina. I know. I'm growing for his anniversary. Okay. <laughs> I'm in love with this guy. This is where I, this is my new home. Don't right. don't don't speak to him too much. Yeah, no, it's, you can tell don't the leaders hit me. Chad, where can they find you? Where can they find Noda? Uh, sorry, Chad I, needs I to just drink cheers. some. I, I cheers. I could not drink. Um, so NodaBrewing.com. We have Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you know, all, the, all the typical social All media of the stuff. things. Yeah, all the hey, can't pal. be held accountable for what happens. At Man, it, it was great seeing Cass, you. sell this shit. I just did. And Do it again. <laughs> Steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, Patreon. There Thank you, you. Thank you for those that uh, donate to us. They did not pay for anybody's plane tickets here to CBC. but Nor will we ever. We I will need do. a new glycol chiller. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Fellas. What? All right. We bought you the ticket? I need to talk to you. No. No, I and, Andy Crown Sugar Daddy bought me this ticket. Oh, uh, that guy lawyers his I'm ass pretty, off. I'm pretty sure you guys bought me an Uber here. He's oh, paying for his per diem. He's been living hourly for so long. He should be buying you shit. It's so <laughs> true. Justin owes me for check luggage and schnitzel this trip. So, uh, th- thanks though. Thanks to those at Patreon. Us, we do appreciate we it. Do. And, you know, if you do want to donate us a couple bucks, patreoncom spirit does go a long way. So we can keep doing what we're doing. All right, Cheers. y'all, get at us. Consider yourself notified.